Today on the show, we have a very special treat for you. We are joined by one of the true hard men of rugby league. Debuting in 1996 for the Western Suburbs Magpies, the man I'm about to speak with has played 249 first-grade games in the Australian comp, as well as another 46 for Huddersfield in England. It's the man affectionately referred to as Scando, unless, of course, he's putting a huge hit on you, then he'd just be called Scary. We welcome John Scandalis. Thanks very much for joining the show, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. Thanks for the introduction too. I wouldn't say I'm not say I wouldn't say I'm that scary, but um, but thanks anyway. <laughs> well, I'm sure you were on the field, mate. I've I've heard you're a gentleman off the field, but um, I certainly wouldn't have wanted to get in your way when when you were playing. <laughs> yeah, no, much scarier players out there than me, mate. So I was a bit of a bit of a nice guy, I think so. No, fair enough, mate. Look, I, th- I thought a good place to start the chat might be just to find out how you got involved with rugby league, mate. Um, were you always a big fan of rugby league growing up? Uh, no, actually, um, well, I, was, I was always a fan. I just never started playing until I was probably, what was I, I was about 10, 11. I, I, was, I was a soccer player first. Yeah, I was right. The, um, the big kid as a goalkeeper, you know, I just couldn't run around, so they shoved me in the goalkeeper to, to keep me happy. And um, I came, I moved to the Camelton area, about 86, 85, around that time, and then I, I um, I met the the McGinnis brothers because um, I went to the same school, and then they were obviously they had a huge um, rugby league family, and they grew up um, playing rugby league, um, and they just asked me to go out and play, and so from then on, it really it just kicked on from there. Really, I um, um I, I loved it from the moment I started training, and um, you know, I didn't really take it serious to till I started making rep sides, so. Um, but I say, yeah, about 10, 10, 11 is when I started. That does, I guess for a lot of players, that's quite a, a late age to be playing league. You said you were into soccer first. I'll tell you, the a pretty fortunate experience meeting the McGuinness brothers. I mean, you ended up playing a lot of first grade with those guys, didn't you? Yeah, that was great. You know, we grew up um, we grew up together and still still remain close friends to this day. And, um, you know, we, we went through school footy together and we actually went up a grade in in under eight, it was seventeen at the time, and Kenny was um, his older brother went was under 18s and we all went up a grade just to so we could all finish um, have at least one season together. So we ended up playing under under 18s um, and winning the competition with the Minto Cobras back then. And um, yeah, and then we're lucky enough to I guess like any any kids growing up and playing with each other, you wanna you wanna try to achieve the best and do it together. So we ended up playing first grade uh, for a number of years, um, which was which, which was fantastic for us. What do you think they saw in you, mate? They obviously they were pretty keen to get you across to rugby league. They must have seen some talent even when you were playing soccer. What, what do you think your talent was that they saw? Uh, I, think, I think the size of me, really. <laughs> I was a big kid back then, so I think they just um, they just liked the size of being big. Was, yep, yep. I didn't really have any rugby league skills, so um, I couldn't really say it was my skill. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it definitely was the, the big head, the big head and the body. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the first thing that they they noticed, and they thought, well, this this guy could do a bit of damage for us, um, even if he just holds the ball and runs straight. So, I think that was uh, the main the main factor of getting me on board. So, I assume you were probably a prop from the very beginning. Then you were never a, a sort of a, a halfback in your youth. 
uh, mate. Front row was always half back, somewhere deep inside, mate. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, no, I didn't have the body and the speed for for half back. Um, so yeah, always a front row. Um, I think Tommy tried to play me a lock or back row. I might have played back or lock, lock back then at one stage. But um, no, most of the all front row just. Just get the ball up and, you know, just do the hard work. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Look, uh, your debut game was against the Penrith Panthers as a 19-year-old in 96. I believe it was at Campbelltown. Now, that game looked like a hell of an initiation into first grade. I went in, uh, in preparation for this chat. I went and had a look uh, back at that game. And, gee whiz, there was so many big hits, scuffles and, and even send-offs. Um, it left Paul Lang back in Disneyland, I saw at one point. But you guys ended up winning 16-6. I was just interested to know what your memories of that game were. Um, mate, exactly how you just described it. It was just a rough game. I remember going into um, into the game and, you know, Tommy Tommy said to me, you know, this is going to be one of the, the toughest games you'll, you'll play. And one, because obviously it be my first grade, my first game, first grade debut. And also there'd been um, a little bit of work going around that um, Tommy was trying to just egg on the fight anyway, so I was prepared for <laughs> That doesn't sound like think, Tommy. <laughs> nah, it doesn't at all, does it? Um, but, yeah, I think I was, I was prepared for that um, from the moment we sort of stepped on the field. So, um, you know, and, you know, I speak to young kids about this. This is a, you know, that was a great opportunity for me to, to cement my spot. You know, you don't, it's not very often you get an opportunity to play first grade. And, mm. um, you know, I played so so long in the juniors and trained so hard during the off-season. And, um, you know, that was my chance. So nothing was going to nothing was gonna stop me. I was going to give everything. And, you know, fortunately for me, it, it, you know, went our way and I played pretty good. So, um, yeah, that was my memory. was fantastic. The, the game was fantastic. There was only, like, I think 9,000 at the game. But to me, I always say it felt like there was 40,000 people cheering <laughs> on because my whole junior yeah, my whole junior club was there to support me and family and everything. So um, I think everyone remembers their their first, first game mate, pretty pretty good. So, yeah, no, it, was a, it was a fantastic night. And, look, one thing that stood out to me, Scando, was the fact that, it, as you said, it was your debut game, but you, you didn't take a backward step. And it was a game that was very forward dominated and there was plenty of great forwards playing. I, I, I noticed your involvement rate from the very start was really high. A, a lot of players making their debut, obviously, you're gonna, it's natural to feel nerves. Did you feel nerves going into that game or were you just really keyed up and excited? Oh, mate, I was crapping myself. It was, uh, <laughs> it was one of the scariest things you, you could do, I think. I think not just because you're scared of the game or the play, it's just scared not to, be, to failing, you know, not doing the best. You know, I know I, I could play well and I think People, you tend to forget, especially at a young age, it's just another game, you know. You got to when, when we teach, speak to young kids, you just the thing I say is, look, just do what you've been doing the last six, seven rounds because that's what's actually got you there. So yep. to go in and do something different is, you know, it's probably not the best way. So I was more worried about just letting the guys down, let myself down, um, because like I said it's one opportunity. Sometimes you just get one opportunity. You know, that could have been, that could have made it make me or break me that game. So. Um, it was just more about it. The game was itself. I didn't, I didn't really care. The guys and the, the, the roughness, mate. That's that was, I was. I was actually looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Just, yeah. So it was just. Um, it was just the fail. The fail, failure part was what I was more scared and more worried about. Yeah, fair enough. And I guess that's a a pretty um, logical fear to have. You know, a lot of players, you know, only really play a handful of games and then you know they're not really heard of again. So that's a really big moment for a lot of people coming in and playing their debut game. And I noticed 10 minutes into that match, there was a, a pretty big melee that I'm not yeah. sure who started it, but I did notice you showed no hesitation again in running in there. Again, as a teenager on debut, is that part of the thinking that, you know, as much as I need to be noticed here, I can't disappear in a dust-up either? 
I don't think there wasn't any thinking, mate. If you saw the fight, I think everybody jumped in anyway. <laughs> yeah, I remember the fight pretty clearly. It was uh, Morgan Edwards and uh, Brandon Pearson. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, yeah. They started. Well, they started amongst them, and then we, and then you, obviously you notice everybody else jumping in. I thought, well, let's have a bit of fun, and I jump in, and I think I had a bit of a one-on-one with Steve Waddell um, for a few minutes. There you go. Um, I tried to clock who, yeah. who it was you were fighting. I know you were having a one-on-one yeah. scuffle, but it was a bit obscured, so I couldn't tell who it was. Uh, I think I just picked one of the hardest men in rugby league at the time. So, <laughs> um, you know, he'd been a, you know, a veteran of the game for a while. He played, you know, six, seven seasons in front row, and you know, he's, he's done it all. So, and I, I decided to, to have a one-on with him. But, um, <laughs> look, yeah, at that point in time, I don't think you, you ever think, mate, I think it's just you don't want to let you... You know, you're sticking up for your mates, your team, yeah. um, and everything. You know, the natural instinct to come in and defend um, and help just kicks in. So, and um, ah, like I said, I was looking forward to it. You've got to love that bit on the field. If you don't have that little bit of aggression, a little bit of, um, you know, thirst for a bit of yeah, exactly. You're probably in the wrong game. Yeah, I noticed exactly. in commentary, Mario Fennick compared you to a young Steve Roach on your debut. Was there someone that you modelled your game on growing up? Uh, not really. I didn't really model it around anybody, but I did look up to guys like the Roaches, the Harrigans, um, you know, to a point where, you know, Craig Young, even the Dragons as a young, youngster. Um, but not really. I, I, didn't, I didn't really... Uh, model around anybody it's just I've just played my natural game and um, I think the toughness come out of Tommy as well just you know watching growing up watching well when I say growing up you know when you're playing for West Magpies you can't yeah. help but watch a lot of clips of back in the day when they played Manly and Newtown and things like that and it was you know just all aggression so and Tommy you know he was just he was aggression he was 100% aggression so I think coming through training under him was you know a big part of me being um, that person who I guess never took a backward step either so um, yeah but not really not really in terms of modelling but I did look up to a lot of guys that did play that, in that position yeah fair enough and look you, you mentioned Tommy Radonikus and I obviously couldn't have a chat with you and not chat about the great legend that is Tommy Radonikus he's known for having some pretty strange tactics to fire up his troops Scando what, what were some of the weirder things you saw Tommy do uh, when you were coached under him oh uh, well, we all know about the Ox's heart where he came into the shed and, you know, he got the players. I hadn't been playing first grade. I was back then you could, you know, if you played reserve grade or 21s or something, you could sit on the bench for first grade. Like, you could have six or seven people. And I was on the bench at the time. I didn't get on, but I remember they were, he came out with an Ox's heart before the game. and As you do. Um, he, as you do, you know, just rock up to the game. And, and he got the players to touch it and, you know, talked about having heart and, um, what it feels like to have a heart and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, what, what's this guy doing? And um, <laughs> that was probably the most, you know, um, one that sticks in my memory. Other ones were, um, he came in with a, he came in, well, we actually coming last, at the, almost coming last. I think we were like two points or four points behind um, coming last. And someone mentioned to him, or someone handed him a wooden spoon as he was walking into the sheds, one of those big old wooden spoons. And he came in and he was absolutely pissed off that someone had to actually mentioned the wooden spoon and he he was doing his speech and he's he's just got that out of control that he smashed it against the wall above cherry measured head but at the same time the spoon rebounded off the wall and hit him back in the face and um <laughs> he started bleeding and he's wiped, he got his blood off his face and started wiping the blood on the players faces go this is what i want to see so yeah, that was the sort of that was the sort of stuff that he did so and, and trust me there's there's many more which, how good uh, is he we don't have time for yeah, no so, fair enough too uh, look Mate, look, he was about passion. Tommy, one thing was passion and just, you know, competing. You just had to be, you just, he just wanted you to compete and, 
and have passion in what you did and um and pride and that's like I said that's something that I learned a lot um, and never give up that was one thing that he never did he, no, he never gave up um, no matter how how much we were getting flogged or or what he just you know he was he was relentless with um the fact that we just never we never surrendered. No, and it's a great attitude to have. Mate, how confident are you that that was an ox's heart and not a former first grader that he just dropped the previous week? Oh, not very confident, mate. I probably wouldn't be surprised if I was. So, <laughs> um, it wouldn't surprise me, trust me. It would not surprise me that he pulled out of someone's body. What, what is, he is one of the great men of rugby league, though, and, and so much mythology that exists around Tommy that I, I think the game should be pretty proud of. Mate, I wanted to push forward to, um, I guess, obviously, you're a proud Western Suburbs Magpies man, and then along comes the Super League War, and it forced two foundation clubs in Western Tigers to merge for their own survival. As a proud Magpie, how did you feel about the prospect of a merger when you first heard the idea? a little bit a lot disappointed and scared to be honest because you didn't know where you sat in terms of selection or what team you're going to and things like that um yeah but in terms of the tradition side of it it made very very sad that we were going to lose to not just us but like you said the Bowman the Bowman Tigers two very long-standing clubs and you know suddenly they we've been kicked out of the competition um so yeah I, I was sad I was nervous I'd like a bit of mixed emotions because you know we were you had basically 30, 40 players coming off contract, not knowing what they're doing the next year. So, mm. um, so yeah, no, I was a little bit, I was very disappointed. You could see the emotion at the, in our last game um, at Cowan Town Stadium. We yeah. played the, the Warriors. Um, we got beat. Um, but the emotion after it was, you know, it was, it was real. It was good. People were so devastated that we were, we were going to lose, you know, these two, two well, our club, of, of course, because I was at Cowan Town, but I'm sure the emotion I mean, was, was exactly the same. So, um, yeah, no, it was very, very sad, very sad time. And in terms of finding out that you were part of the West Tigers plans, I mean, you ended up going on playing that first game against Brisbane, I believe it was, and you even yep. scored the very first try for the new merged entity. Um, I guess in the light of day, looking back upon it now, do you think that was the right decision for the two clubs to merge, or do you look upon it fondly as a West Tiger? Oh, look, I'm a West Tiger through and through, mate, but I'm also a mate by heart, um, and I have a side of our main that I... I take in as well. Look, I'm all three, but um, when we merged and that was that was it. I, I, I really quickly, and I think a lot, and all the players did. It's probably you know the players did it more quicker than the supporters. Um, you know, this was it. We we had to make this work because if we didn't, um, the two foundation clubs were going to die. So hmm. um, would I've loved to see both clubs, of course, um, to stay separate. But it's just unfortunate for whatever reason, and I'm not really sure why, and I'm not into that side of it um, I don't understand it why they didn't it's, it's you know it's just it is what it is and you know we had to make this to work we had to we had to work hard because you know we didn't and you know you're, you're, you're basically killing um, two of the foundation clubs and um, sure it was rough it was tough to, to start off with the fans and the supporters and the split and all that sort of stuff but um, over time I think we've um, you know we've managed to to bring a lot of a lot of people together and, um, you know, West Tigers is, is here to stay. Um, yeah. You know, my kids my kids only remember me playing for West Tigers and they don't remember me playing for, for the Magpies. It's only when I put on a, a black and white TV and off they, they go and they watch me play. <laughs> so, um, but they only ever remember me playing for the West Tigers and so do a lot of a lot of kids now. So, um, you know, I think I think we need to continue to, to push forward that way as well. And in terms of the merch that you've got around the house, Scando, did you have plenty of Magpies merch? Are you trying to get the kids to wear them as opposed to the Tigers or a bit of a combination of both? 
I don't have much mate wise. I only got my jersey to be honest. Uh, okay. Training, you know, they now they the West Tigers from from where they got jerseys and West Tigers jerseys and flags and all that sort of stuff as well. So yeah, nice. Um, yeah, like I said, the only thing I've got probably hanging up on my my wall and two in my garage is my Magpies first game debut jersey. So that's the that's probably the only Magpie. But a hell of a memento. And mate, speaking on on a bit of a brighter note, I mean, I mentioned it before, but you were the first person to score a try for the West Tigers. That'll be in you know forever documented in the annals of rugby league history. Is that something you brag about at parties? Because I know I would. <laughs> uh, I try not to, but they, it always comes up. You know, I always yeah, elaborate on the story. I guess <laughs> I'll bring it up. Yeah. It's better, <laughs> I think it's moved out to about 80 metre tribal now. Not 10 <laughs> meters, but, um, yeah, no, it's a bit of fun because Joel Kane always gives it to me because he reckons I dropped the ball um, over, as I was trying to put it down. And, <laughs> but I always say Joel Kane's only filthy because nobody remembers how, um, how many tries he scored. Um, he scored three for the day, and no one even cares about that. So well, they just remember. Uh, I'm proofing. I'm proofing the pudding, mate. I had. I didn't know that either. I just knew about exactly. your effort. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he gets on social media and he tries to give it to me that it wasn't a try and it should be taken off me and all this sort of stuff. But it's in the record books, mate, and I'll take it now. So um, yeah, no, I have a bit of fun with it when I can. But look, it was, that was great, fantastic moment for me. You know, scoring a first try for the club and and being at Camelton Stadium. Um, it was, of course, it's going to be, you know, something that. That he's remembered for a long time, and you know, I'm very, very humbled and proud to, to be part of it, mate. I wish I had you for first try scorer that day. That would have been oh, a, a, a good bit of loot. Bench as well, so I would have been playing the least sixty to one, hundred to one. Mate, can you take me through that first match for the merged entity? It ended up being a, against a red hot Brisbane Broncos side at the time. They went on to win the competition that year, uh, but not a bad start for the for the new entity. You ended up, uh, I believe, it was a draw. Um, can you take me through what your emotions were in that first match? Yeah, again, I think for us, the players, we were sort of ready for it. Um, yeah, very obviously, again, you know, it's a real feeling that we've, we're running out um, with a with a new logo, new new identity, I guess. Um, but obviously, with all that that history um, behind us um, and part of us, you know, we, we we were a little bit nervous. We weren't sure how the crowd and the fans were going to take it at the time because it was a bit of rumbling heading into you know you still had your you split our main your West West Magpies fans and yeah um, again a little bit nervous um, and but then all in saying that we you know, we had a really good off season um, the club had recruited very well at the time and um, you know we we had a really strong side so we were we were excited to play um, I remember the ground the ground wasn't ready for us unfortunately the they had ripped up the grass they had some sort of bug in it and so they they ended up uh, putting sand down and spraying the the sand green to make it look good on TV. And wow, I didn't that know that. A, yeah, that, that was a bit of a, a mess for us in terms of playing um, on the ground. But um, I just, yeah, I remember just the excitement and, and, and nerves. It was, it was fantastic. And my, my biggest, um, you know, the happiest thing was the crowd, how, how they responded. They were fantastic. You know, there was no there was no divide. There was all, you know, that was, everyone was actually pretty, pretty um, happy to be supporting this new club. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's probably something I'd, I hadn't considered at the time, but being at the ground, I, I would have been thinking maybe there would have been a bit of a divide sitting in sort of groups, but that's great that they could embrace the, the new club. Yeah, they did, they did. And then, like I said, the jersey, you could see the new jersey. Obviously, merch was just pretty popular at the time because the merchandise had just gone out, obviously, new colours, new logo, new design. So it was good to see um, that, um, you know, everyone getting together and supporting us. But like I said, there were still... You know, a little bit here and there, but that that didn't last too long once we started winning. 
Yeah, exactly. Winning sort of solves a lot of things, doesn't it? And, and on no, that, it does, fixes, every, fixes everything. Mate. Yeah. On that note, mate, look, you you had a bit of a taste of finals footy uh, with West in the nineties, but nothing like the run for the West's Tigers in two thousand and five. The club ended up winning its maiden comp that year. Uh, what was the confidence like for you guys when you first made that finals uh, series in two thousand and five? Did you feel as though you oh, had a real high. crack? Yeah, it was high. It was very high, mate. We were we. We had won what nine in a row during the year. We'd beaten, you know, the top teams, and um, we'd beaten teams that were, you know, tipped to win the grand final and tipped to make the semis. And um, our confidence was very, confidence was very high at the time. Um, we believed we could make the top, top four. You know, the turning turning point with that was beginning of the year when we were setting goals, and you know, we were um, talking about maybe just making the top eight, and then Lee sort of jumped up and you know took charge and said, no, we. If we're going to make this, we're going to do the top four. So yeah. um, from then on, we, we, you know, we believe we could do the top four, which, which we did at the time. And um, yeah, the rest, the rest was history. But um, anyway, we were, we were very confident that we could beat any team on, on our day. I tell you what, it was a, a huge run for the club. As you said, you had a number of wins in a row, and it just felt like, uh, like a horse race. That you know, the Tigers had all the momentum heading into that final series. Who were the big leaders in your club at the time, mate? Who were the people that the players were looking to to inspire them for a win? Uh, Probably yourself, was, I imagine. Uh, yeah, no, look, I think, I think that was the great part of our, our, our club at the time. There were no real standouts. We had a good bunch of old players. We had, you know, the experienced guys like myself, Paddy, um, Todd Payton, Princey, um, you know, even Hodjo. Yep. Um, and Mark O'Neill at the time. And then you had those young kids that were coming to just basically first year in first grade, Fulton, you know, Benji, Farah, um, Dean Hallitow, Chris Hyneson, um, Bryce Gibbs, you know, they're the guys that sort of, they played their, their free-flowing football and who didn't care. You know, they, they, just, they were just happy to be out there and playing rugby league. We were, whereas we, our older guys were, you know, I was, well, no, I was desperate to be, to be our grand final winner or even to play in the grand final was at one stage. So it was a real good mixture. Sure, we, you know, us older guys probably should lead, you know, in terms of the leadership side of it, um, you know, helped out a little bit there. But the, the younger guys just, they did it just as much. And, you know, we gave them the freedom to, to make sure that they, they led as well. You know, you got to remember, Benji was our, our halfback. Farrell That's was right. our hooker. We had to, they had to tell us what to do. If they were scared to tell us what to do at the time, then I don't think we would have been where we were. So, Mm. Um, you know, we gave them the freedom to do that, and that's I think that was a big, big thing for us. And not bad players to be calling the shots, if I might add as well. There, mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Now, what were your big memories of the of the two thousand and five GF? Um, obviously, there's a there's a lot of iconic moments, notably Benji Marshall's flick pass um, to Paddy Richards. But um, what were your memories of it, mate? Do you have any sort of highlights on a personal front of that game? Oh, high emotion. I remember crying, almost crying when I just ran out. Yeah, um, right. Just couldn't believe, couldn't believe where I was and what I was doing at the time. Um, uh, and just how quick the game was. The game just felt like it went, you know, in super speed uh, motion for the whole 80 minutes. You know, one minute I'm tackling somebody, next thing you know, I'm sitting on the bench having a rest. Next, you know, I'm back on the field running at, you know, 100 miles an hour and um, just the, the, quick, the quickness of it. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, really just the emotion. And then the game, once the, the hooter went and I knew we had won, um, how I just felt so drained. I felt emotionally drained and satisfied what, with what we had done. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just a, it was a, quite a ride for us. You know, you, you play so long. Well, I did anyway. I played so long to, you know, 96, one semifinal, 96, and not another one until 2005. Um, you know, that's a, it's a long time 
and you just go, wow, I just can't believe. And it took it took a while to actually sink in in what we had done. Mate, yeah, as you said, it was a little while between drinks for you, but I tell you, it sounded like it was worth it, um, romping through the final series to win that game. I, I did want to ask, uh, when Benji made that break that eventually was scored by Paddy Richards, I was wondering, were you were you sort of there in support? Did you have visions of being trailing along on the inside and running <laughs> under the sticks? Uh, I did have visions, but I was on the bench, mate, so I was cheering <laughs> from the bench. So. No, that's no uh, excuse, uh You should have yeah. been <laughs> running up the, the centre. I did all the hard work for him to do that. So. Yeah, fair enough too. Um, yeah, no, I, um, no, I saw the yeah, mate, I was on the bench just cheering him on, and um, you know that's going to be a, a you know a moment we see and look back on for a long time because it's it's just one of those freaky things that Benji did, you know, and he did many of those things, and that was just to do it on a big stage like that is you know that's just it's that's remarkable, isn't it? He could, he, he could do, yeah. Yeah, how long did the celebrations go for, mate? I I, I heard that was like a big a two weeks. I, I I heard rumors of about two weeks. The party? Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy, two weeks was a warm-up. I think, <laughs> I, think I stopped drinking the day before I could get back to off-season um, training. Um, no, I went for a while. It was, good. it was really good to, um, yeah, you sort of do get out a little bit. You, you do go back and um, you need to get some bit of a rest. And, um, the party was great, you know, everywhere we went, everyone wanted to be part of it and, and, and give us drinks and all this sort of stuff. So it's definitely, um, you got to make the most of it when you win it. So, you know, and it was good too because I think only Prince at the time why I made the Aussie squad. Um, so he was the only one that was away. So we were all together for the whole time. So that was that was great. That's actually got to be unusual, doesn't it, for a grand final winning side not to have too many reps? Yeah, it was surprising. But, um, you know, like I said, that's, that's, that was... Um, out of our hands, we all we can do is as players is do our best, and hopefully we get noticed and picked. But um, you know, we were all happy for Prince, obviously at the time. And, yeah. Um, but I can I could have named another two or three that, that could have actually been into that, that side. You know, mm. I thought Farrah had a really early age could have been at least been on a squad to, to play. Um, you know, Anthony Lafranc at the time was killing it for us, so there was a lot of um, a lot of players that could have could have um, been in that squad. But like I said. It, the benefit of it was we, we got to stay together and um, and party for a long time. Yeah, get more drinking done. You know, look, just yeah. speaking of, of rep footy, mate, um, look, you, you strike me as that kind of guy that I, I thought would have played Origin. Um, you're a really rugged, um, effective forward that would have just been in that prototype that you'd think New South Wales are after. Do you, do you look back on your career from a rep footy point of view with, with any regret or you feel as though that was a, a cauldron that you would have loved to have been a part of? Oh, I'd definitely love to be in a part of it, uh, without a doubt. Um, but in t- I don't have no regret at all. I did everything I could to be part of those teams. Um, you know, I, I did my best in one of the City Origin games when it was, they were going to be a. It was a trial, apparently a, a selection trial, and yep. um, you know, I missed out on that. And um, I made the Australian um, train on squad. So you know, like I said, I, I did all my. I did the best I could. Yeah. And that's just left out of your hands, really. That's like I said, if you're playing your good foot, best football and you know, you're, you're doing everything you possibly can. You don't get people, then you gotta you got to leave satisfied and feel yeah. satisfied because it's just out of your hands. And look, I have no regrets at all. Of course, of course don't get me wrong, I would have loved and um, would really been honoured to play for state, you know, state of origin in Australia, but um, it just wasn't to be at the time. You know, there were yeah. some really good players. Um, New South Wales was going through a really good um, period there. They were winning all their matches. So to change the team would have been, you know, it would have been unfair or it, it, you would have had to, you know, what's the point of changing the team at the time? I guess so. 
Um, but no, no, no regrets, no regrets at all. But yeah, it would have been mate, fantastic to be oh, a yeah. part of that. Well, I mean, it's a great attitude to have. I, I was, you know, on your behalf, I always feel like you were a bit dudded there. I felt like you should have been thereabouts at least at some point because you were so consistent for so long. Oh, but, thanks, mate. Um, but look, as you said, those things aren't, you just got to make sure you're playing your best footy and hope you get picked, That's I guess. Right. But um, incumbency probably counts for a lot as well. So as you said, if yep. at the time, I mean, if, you know, New South Wales are going through the same horror period they did more recently, um, you know, against that Queensland domination, you probably, th- that different era, you probably would have had a more of a crack. I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, who knows, mate? But yeah, that's in hindsight, we'll see. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next time. Just obviously, you mentioned before. You know, there's been a few dust ups over the over the years, and and the game's a lot cleaner than it used to be. But is there an incident on the field that you're still a little bit dirty about, or? Ah. Nah, nothing. Yeah. Right. I've, got, I've got no regrets, no, no grudges whatsoever. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer and a huge believer. As long as it's not too bad, yeah. You know, what happens on the field stays on the field. You know, it's yeah. A, it's a, it's a battlefield out there, mate. You know, obviously we're talking sport and nothing else, but in the, the day, high emotions. Everyone's pumped. Um, you know, people have brain snaps, and you know, so you sometimes don't make the right. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, none whatsoever. I'm, I've done. You know, I did a few things myself that I'm sure people disliked or not <laughs> yeah. proud of, but, um, you know, and they've left it on the field. So I have no, no nothing at all that I regret or that someone has done or I've done um, during my time. Mate, you know, uh, being of Greek heritage, you know, do you still follow the, the Greece international comps at all? I know you've um, you've captained the national side at one stage, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I got to play a couple of games with them. It was um, fantastic. Um, yeah, I still follow them and it's fantastic. They're in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Georgialis, the head coach, who's... Mate, and everyone that's been involved has worked. They've worked so hard to, to make this happen, and I'm just so happy that they've they've finally been rewarded with that. Um, you know, I know it's been pretty tough for them in terms of getting the local game going and uh, having to, you know, what have I read and move out of places and can't play in certain areas and all that sort of stuff. I'm not really that over it, but um, my fancy, yeah, I, I follow as much as I can, and yeah. um, I look forward to just to run on the field and, and, and have a crack in the World Cup would be, be fantastic. Yeah, it looks like there's some exciting times ahead for, for Greece. I don't, know, I don't know if you're into the world of podcasts or not, but there is one called Chasing Kangaroos, which is a pretty good potty that um, tracks a lot of the international <laughs> rugby leagues. So. Oh, okay, well, no, I, have not, I haven't heard it, but I'll, I'll see if I can I'll have a look. Um, now, bringing footy into 2020, Scando, how do you think the Tigers are going to perform this year? Have you, um, do you have some high hopes? Mate, I always have high hopes. You gotta have hope, mate. <laughs> you don't have hope, you might as well give up. Um, yeah, exactly. Look, I, look, the way the last, even last year, I think um, we're really in for a, a good season. And um, you know, Madge is building towards something very big. Um, the signings have been great this year. Um, we've added a bit of strike power out wide and in the middle um, with the uh, little white brothers, um, and obviously Dewey coming on board as well. So. Um, look, we're slowly getting there in terms of recruitment. Um, it's just we got to, you know, hopefully we can have a bit of luck with the injuries as well because the last couple of years we've, we've been um, set back with a couple of injuries in key positions which we've, we haven't been able to, to fill back up. So um, looking forward to a really good season. I, you know, again, I, and I say it every year, I don't see why we couldn't make the, you know, top four um, with the team that we have because there is a lot of talent there. Um, yeah, as you said, so mate. Their, and their, their off-season's been fantastic. Yeah, that's right. There's been a flurry of signings, and um, it, it does look as though that the Tigers are slowly being moulded a little bit more towards Madge's image, and these new signings kind of maybe might fit that. How do you rate the Lelua brothers? You obviously are excited about those signings. Oh, fantastic! Mate. What they've done in their, their previous clubs, you know, they've been been standouts. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I'm not sure. Um, 
you know, I'm not sure what positions they'll play. Obviously, Joey will be in the centres, um, but I'm not really sure uh, where the younger brother will be, um, either back row or because I think he played centre at some stage. At, yeah, know, I think he has had a stint in the backs, yeah. but I think he's been playing back so, row more recently. Back row, yeah. No, I reckon they're going to go well. And, you know, and both of the time you find that when a when player comes to a new club, you know, they, got, they want to prove that, you know, they're, why they're there. And so hopefully we can get the best out of them in the next few years. Um, but, you know, we've still got great players who performed well last year. You know, Corey, Corey Thompson killed it for us last year. Um, Benji played um, out of his skin last year. Um, you know, so those guys are still coming into this year with better form. So really looking, looking forward to that. The final question, obviously the game has changed a little bit over the years. In terms of when you look at a game, for example, like last year in 2019 and compare it to when you debuted in the 90s, in your opinion, how, in what ways have the game primarily changed? Oh, no. I've got to be careful what I say, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely a lot, a lot cleaner, obviously, with yeah. some of the stuff that's going on. You know, they've barred, banned the, the shoulder charge and fights and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And, Do you agree with all that stuff? Um, not entirely, no. Yeah. no not, not really. I'm not I'm not a fan of it. Shoulder charge, I think, is something that could be still in our game. You know, it's like any sort of tackle anyway to go. If you want to do a shoulder charge, in my opinion anyway, if you want to do a shoulder charge and it goes wrong and you hit him high, well, you get penalised just like a tackle. If you make yeah. a tackle and it goes wrong, you get penalised. So um, I just don't – yeah, I feel that's, you know, take that take a little bit of aggression out of our game. Um, you know, and the, the punch inside of it, yeah, it's cleaned it up, but – you know, I think we've just got to be a little bit relaxed on if it happens here and there because, you know, like I said, it's a, you're on the field and you're pumped and you sometimes, you know, you just want, <laughs> you just don't know, you don't have control. And I don't know. It's good for the kids, obviously. We don't want to send out a bad message. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I'm old school, I guess, and I, I like to see, you know, a little bit of a biff like everybody else sometimes. So, um, but I, I enjoy the game. I still enjoy you know, the talent, mate, that they're athletes these days, you know, they're, they're full on out there, powerful, you know, look at Jason Tomalola, and he's, oh. he's an absolute machine, you know, 100, what is he, 110 kilos and runs like a, like a, you know, 100 metre sprinter. I know. He's, feet that, he's genuinely you know, scary, isn't he? He's, he is gen- genuinely scary and you don't, you know, those, we didn't have those sort of athletes, you know, 10, 20 years ago and that's where the excitement is these days, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're athletic, um, they're strong, they're fast and they're, they're talented, so um, and that's that's where that's what I enjoy the most in, in watching it. Well, I love to hear that, mate, because I do live and breathe my rugby league as well. I think it's the greatest game of all. And, mate, I just wanted to say thank you so much for sparing the time to come on and chat with the voluntary tackle today. Um, you're one of the true champions and gentlemen of the game, and uh, it was excellent to hear your thoughts. No worries. Thanks, thanks for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries. And before you go, is there anything you want to plug at all or uh, anything going on? You don't have to, but uh, if there is, please let me know. <laughs> oh, mate, as always, you know, we're looking to hope to build the club. So, obviously, West Tigers fans, supporters, you know, you need to join on as members. Um, that's, the, that's the biggest thing for our club, you know, and any club that, you know, really, you know, the more members we get, the more support sure. um, we get during the year. So, um, make sure you get your membership done and and yeah, really looking forward to a, a, a great season um, with the Tigers. Thank you for listening to the Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast prepared to palm off the big issues. The program would like to advise listeners that because its hosts have developed a gold Rolex shopping addiction, they need your help. Please make comments and ratings on Apple Podcasts, or alternatively, awkwardly shoehorn the show into conversations with friends and loved ones. 
You may also wish to follow the show across social media platforms. They include Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. The Voluntary Tackle is now also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you again for flying with the Voluntary Tackle. Your luggage is now our property and you will not be seeing it again. In the event of a non-traditional landing, please assume the Russians have blown another plane from the sky and feel free to panic.